Okay, well, uh, I think we can get on our way then. Uh, yeah, it's also part of the market, right? So, like, it's usually not that hot. Like, all the spaces, all the events, not that many people. But the people that do come in are the real supporters. So, Yeah, they're the ones that are going to 10x the cycle. Yes, exactly. This is the time to, to pay attention. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, how are you doing today, Rufus? I'm doing good, guys. Awesome. Appreciate the opportunity. To, to join here and chat. Yeah, any any time. We're uh, happy to have you on. Uh, why don't we open up today with a quick intro about yourself, and then we can uh, go from there. Yeah, sure. Um, where do you want me to start? <laughs> Just anywhere? Uh, yeah, uh, anywhere where you feel like uh, you want to start. You can either start with what you're doing now or how you got into crypto sure. or what. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I've been building software since uh, like 2001. I, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I open sourced uh, a software back in 2001 or 2002 that was used by quite a few people back in the day when classifieds were a big thing. <laughs> so classified software and things like that. You know, I would say the uh, similar software today that people would probably go to are things like, you know, WordPress or, or content or like e-commerce software or things like that. But that's where I really started uh, building software for uh, any, you know, just mainly data driven kind of websites and so forth. Uh, where the story for uh, what we're doing at Reblink starts is that um, I actually want to pivot into a career as an animator <laughs> so i wanted to go to hollywood uh go work for like you know lucasfilm or you know uh you know pixar doing digital animation but um uh and i and i got into a pretty cool school in, in florida called full sale uh i'm not sure if some of you guys know about it at the time it was relatively unknown as a school but uh, got in, but uh, for whatever reason, got cold feet and uh, just kind of leaned into my, my technical background and uh, really have over you know, 15 years of, of experience in startups and, and tech, uh, worked for a couple of large companies, uh, you know, both in technical roles, but also BD roles and, uh, you know, got a chance myself to really get immersed in all sorts of kind of grassroots startups. Um, have done tons of angel investing. My background is primarily like early, you know, venture capital, venture uh, kind of stage based investing. So <clears throat> this stage here, the zero <laughs> to something is, is kind of where I'm comfortable. Um, and uh, have, you know, just like I'm sure you guys understand, right? There's a lot of, you know, hits as well as misses in the space. Um, I think most people, most recently, people probably know me for a couple of things. Um, I did a, a deal with uh, Paradigm, you know, selling them, I think, probably their first uh, NFT <laughs> that they had to figure out how to custody uh, last year and um, co-founded Paragon's DAO. And, and really, you know, a lot of that was kind of within the, in the bounds of uh, some areas of interest and, and mainly uh, a a bet that I was making on the space and where it was going and that it's really kind of entertainment that's going to drive the the next massive kind of uh, landslide adoption in the space. 
Um, and obviously that led to what we're doing now at Reblink, which uh, I'm happy to get into as well. Uh, yeah, let's uh, dive a little bit into Reblink uh, if you want, if, that, if you think that's a good place to go next. Yeah, I'm pretty easy. You know, like I'm happy to chat about whatever is of interest to you guys or, or people on the call. Um, you know, uh, Reblink really at the end of the day is uh, is kind of like a combination of all of my interests, um, software, economics, uh, entertainment, gaming, uh, all kind of coming together. And, uh, and for people that are in our Discord, they've heard me say this a couple times, but to me, my co-founders, uh, this is really kind of like our life's work. Like I get up every morning and I'm just like, wow, can't believe I'm working in the in this space um, and have an opportunity here to build something different uh, and really kind of rethink entertainment is, is kind of the way we're thinking about it. So for those of you that don't know, uh, Reblink, uh, I call it the, a platform for the future of storytelling. And what we're really trying to do is bring together inspired artists, writers, innovators, uh, and leverage things like NFTs, uh, but more importantly, fan tokens, which is kind of a, a catch-all term that I use for rethinking the fan experience, and put them together in a way that uh, we can create what we call transmedia experiences. So my co-founder, um, whose uh, art project that our company is actually named for, uh, is an award-winning transmedia artist, you know, Webby Awards, and his work's been kind of featured in galleries and museums and so forth. Uh, we kind of came together and, and uh, <clears throat> actually I met him probably in 2016, 2017. And at the time, you know, he was doing some pretty cool things with augmented reality. And, and I knew at that time that we we're going to be doing something together. And, and really the opportunity presented itself for us to come together and say, hey, like, let's figure out how we create immersive storytelling. And, and when it comes to transmedia storytelling, which is just experiencing the stories in real time, gaming is like really the forefront for that, right? A lot of people, like millions of people live and experience and get to enjoy uh, amazing kind of stories through gameplay. And, uh, and that's really what, what we're trying to do here with Reblink. Um, obviously, we can't come together with a, a vision like that without saying you know really showing that we can actually pull it off and so arbo was really the first project for us um uh came from actually an idea that my co-founder had many years ago uh, he had this uh cool kind of bear looking augmented reality thing that you can interact with and uh we blew it up into into what the story is today which is um really it follows the arrival of a, a an alien species here to you know, here with a dire message and uh, they're here to help us protect ourselves and it's a it's an interesting kind of i call it a general um a much more like a general appeal sci-fi so uh if you were to kind of look at you know star wars that's a general appeal sci-fi right versus like a star trek or something else and uh yeah very very excited um about kind of the opportunity that we have to do something different um if some of you guys have seen uh, our work, you know, it's it's coming from a place of, um, you know, trying to deliver a high quality kind of 3D um, and, and conceptual work and, and really trying to rethink um, what it means to kind of put out uh, both, uh, you know, kind of visual, uh, what I would say, companions to the story in the game, 
Um, and so, you know, we put in a lot of work, a lot of time into getting just kind of the visuals and, and, uh, and, and some of our art, right. And uh, I'm really proud of kind of where we're at and I'm very, very excited for kind of where we're going. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely excited for Arbo too. Uh, I was thankful enough to get in on the initial mint and uh, I think a lot of us were on the M16. And, uh, yeah, we're excited for what's coming next. Um, so, yeah, why don't we move on to talking a little bit more about Arbo. Um, sure. So, like, Arbo is a turn-based uh, game, and it's going to be more of a trading card game, from my understanding, right? Yeah, that's actually, you know, a misunderstanding. Um, uh, and, and that's okay, because, you know, what? you know, how we're communicating and how we're kind of building the game in public. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're just trying to ramp up our communications and, and blogging and information right now. Part of that was by design. Um, but it's, it's a strategy game. Um, it's taking, uh, what we're actually doing is kind of blending a couple of different gameplays, uh, in my opinion. So we have kind of the, the, the same kind of, uh, mechanics of uh, a trading card game where you kind of think about your deck and and put it together a collection of essentially cards right that you want to play in a game and, and that could change game to game and that's made up with what we call protocols um and so uh protocols are essentially kind of like think about them as like uh kind of heavy attacks or more powerful moves that you could pull out in a game. But at the end of the day, though, the gameplay is, you know, imagine, uh, so our, our game, the way it's uh, designed and how it works is we have a hex tile kind of game board on one side of a, a corner. You're there with your three Arbos, and on the other side, there's an opponent. And um, the, the the key kind of prime directive there is to, you know, wipe out your, your opponent's three Arbos. Uh, there's a secondary kind of directive at times. For example, there might be a structure that you can also attack to um, to destroy instead to to kind of get ultimate uh, you know victory in a in a in a game. But it's uh, you're playing your protocols, uh, or if you want to look at them as cards, um, uh, through these three arbos. So if there's a structure being built on that field, if there's um, you know any sort of attack, buff, debuff. Um, it's all done via your Arbos, and and it's done um, at the expense of uh, essentially an energy uh, kind of capacity that your Arbo has, and so it's kind of doubles as both a health meter, but also uh, a, a way to kind of power these protocols. So, really, what we're trying to design is like a, a gameplay that actually, you know, if you look at TCGs generally, like I play Hearthstone. Um, uh, and, you know, other TCGs in the past, and, uh, you know, they can get drawn out, right, as a gameplay. Um, and what we're trying to really optimize for is something that is uh, honestly, like, quick gameplay. It's exciting. You could watch it as a spectator as well. You can be done in, like, seven minutes if you want it to be, you know. Uh, you can choose different kind of strategies based on your opponents, like Arbo combinations to go for, like, uh, you know, just swift, full-on blitzkrieg attack mode, or you know, try to be a little bit more, you know, strategic and and trying to play more defensively. And you can really kind of see that uh, in some of the blogs that we've released recently with um, kind of our first operations 
breakdown. So Arbos are configured with kind of operations. Think about them as like uh, innate skill sets that they have, right? Certain attacks that you can easily rely on with very low energy cost to to be able to continuously have something to do in a game just in case you don't you know pull the protocol that you need or weren't able to actually get the configuration that you need um and protocols are just you know like we want you to have um just a lot of enjoyment when you get the the protocol you know drawn um the way you designed it in the game and and give you just uh, just a a very satisfying victory when you do, you know, win a game. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. My, um, my, uh, one of my team members, his name is Beefius, as, as most of you guys know him in Discord. I've known him for 25 years. He, in my opinion, has, uh, he's the game architect. He's kind of the genius behind this, actually, and can kind of talk your ear off about all the different game mechanics and, and why he's made certain decisions. And I think I just, I take a step back and I look at how people are engaging with this content in the discord and you kind of see the true game fans, uh, when they interact with them and how they talk. And you can tell that, you know, one, people are seeing kind of the passion that he's invested in, in building the game and, and the inspiration that he's taken from, you know, all sorts of games, TCGs, strategies, like, you know, Starcraft, uh, Heroes of the Storm, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I'm, I'm really impressed with where he's taking it so far and, and where we're going with it. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I, I am too. Uh, and I think you answered the, the deck question there pretty well. Um, moving on to the heroes, the, the heroes, they're upgradable from my understanding. Are these upgrades <laughs> going to be... Um, uh, are, are these upgrades going to be able to be transferable to players? So if I upgrade yeah. my Arbo to level 10, uh, and when I sell that Arbo on, uh, is that going to be, is that level going to be transferable to the next player? Yeah. Um, so, well, the answer is no to your question, but going back to the, uh, the upgradable component of it. Yeah. It's Arbos are upgradable. Um, and so, um, you know, for example, uh, we're going to be announcing something here shortly. I could probably share on this call uh, in a second. I'm just going to send a message really quickly just to make sure I can. Um, you know, the, the idea is that, um, you know, from a, uh, from a reward standpoint for your time that you're putting into the game and, and playing it strategically and being and competitive, that essentially your your wins and, and, and rewards can be reflected to you in a couple different ways, right? One of those ways is um, upgrades to uh, to your your NFTs, specifically, you know, Arbos right now is a, is a major uh, component for upgrades. Um, and so think about it like, you know, you're, you're competitive as a player uh, with your Arbos, and you might earn like a fourth operation, for example, that gets, it's, and, and we look at them as one-way upgrades, right? So, it's not going to be frequent. You got to really earn them. There's going to be opportunities that we really curate. So it's, it's very kind of scarce when they do happen. Um, but when they do, uh, it's, it's a one way upgrade. And a lot of the times, you know, there might not be another opportunity to get a fourth operation for that specific Arbo again. Right. So you, you know, you kind of have to, and there might be opportunities where we provide you, give you an option to, to take the upgrade or not, but you know, you're not guaranteed to get something like that again. And they will live with the Arbo. For example, um, I've been 
kind of teasing <laughs> for some time that we've left some Easter eggs in the um, in the collection. Um, I could probably share one now uh, because we can we can probably talk about it now. But you know, great. we've uh, we've left some like teasers in the trades and so forth. And if you kind of find them, uh, they're 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 going to be embedded and introduced into our storyline. So, for example, at some point, uh, I'm not sure exactly when we'll do this, but at some point, uh, maybe in the next, you know, two months or so, um, we are, as part of the storyline, um, the, we're, we're introducing something, uh, that will essentially select, uh, 2000 Arbos who have already been pre-identified. Uh, and if you look carefully in the traits somewhere, you'll see a trait that is not necessarily reflected in the visual look of the Arbos. Um, and that's probably the only hint I'll give right now, but there's about, um, there's a, yeah, there's a couple of hundred. Um, I, I can't recall the actual number. I have to, I have to double check, but um, there's, there's, there's enough that uh, if you were to find it and you own one of these, they will essentially get a pretty cool, very unique um, visual upgrade to um, their kind of core, the, Kind of the, the light that you see in there in the center um and it, it, as part of the storyline these arbos are, are getting an interesting uh treatment in the story too so it'll be pretty cool uh, and so that's all i can share right now and there's another one too uh, but I, i'll leave that for later yeah I'm, I'm sure theodore's already buying them all up on the the market right now <laughs> yeah he's uh, he's kind of our uh uh, Arbo Daddy at the moment. He's been great. He's been such a big fan. Uh, we love him. Uh, every single time we see a tweet storm from him or a tweet, uh, you know, the team loves it and uh, we, we appreciate him for sure. Yeah, definitely. He's the Arbo Bull. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bacon, do you have uh, any questions you want to go into uh, on Arbo particularly? Um, I'm not too familiar with Arbos, to be honest. I've been kind of in, in other card games and and the drops, but uh, when the Arbo drop came out, it was kind of already a little bit... Th this kind of wave has been around for a while, so I kind of just set out. But um, yeah, I, I, it's good to hear from, from you directly about the project. This is honestly my first... Um, like uh first time without drawing like comparisons uh as to uh what arbo really is about so yeah really good yeah that's fair uh maybe i could give like a quick high level on the on the game the story a little bit um yeah, as well that. so you know from a storyline standpoint i'm pretty pretty excited about it um you know we what we're trying to do with the story is is blend historical kind of events that we all are are, are aware of and experience today and then use that as a bit of a pivot point to really you know take people on a journey right so when we talk about a transmedia storytelling kind of you know game what that means is that people can, can kind of live it today so for those of you that would have participated in the game um you know signing up for an account you know a lot of you would have gone through the you know the the swearing experience right like where you would swear the oath some of you might remember that 
it was all, you know, trying to create a, a, a curated bit of an experience for people to essentially live the story even today. Um, one of the things that we always found while we were you know, looking across different projects, but also developing this, what, one thing that was important to me is to make sure that we were always incrementally and iteratively delivering um, value and ways for people to experience the game, um, even if the, the game itself uh, you know, in terms of a main game gameplay mode, wasn't wasn't there, um, and so what that means is we've actually you know mapped out uh, various different what we call gameplays that are are meant to be released before kind of the the main core um, uh, kind of combat experience, right? Um, and so the story um, really goes back, and what we use is the the first kind of landing on the moon as a historical event. Um, uh, you know, a lot of you might be aware of the the Fermi paradox or, um, you know, kind of, if you guys are nerds, like... We're like, the aliens. Yeah, exactly. We're the aliens. <laughs> yeah. some, some, some nerds on the on the panel with me here. Um, and, you know, because I'm a nerd at, the, at heart, right? So there's the Fermi paradox, which is like, you know, which kind of essentially says, you know, the, the lack of evidence for ex- extraterrestrial life, you know, despite, um, you know, the fact that, from a probabilistic standpoint, there should be is, is kind of weird, right? Essentially. Um, and then there's a response to that, which is the great filter, which is that, Hey, maybe the reason we, we don't know or have not become aware of any other civilization out there, any sort of alien species out there is because, you know, maybe they get wiped out <laughs> before hitting the becoming multi-planetary, you know, maybe there's a, there's a, you know, maybe kind of like what we're experiencing today, right? There's always these fears about environmental kind of concerns, right? Like global warming, do we get wiped out? Does the earth die before, you know, we actually make it to, to Mars like Elon Musk wants? Or, you know, does, you know, with, again, you know, go, going back to creating a story that is very reflective of, of issues and stuff today like people are, are hyper aware of war right now right um and you know maybe we all get nuked out before we become multiplanetary and go chill on mars with with elon so you know all this is kind of baked into the story and so our story says uh, essentially what what happened is once we landed on on the moon that's when um you know earth as a civilization got on the radars of of you know, true multi-planetary species, uh, one of them a, a bad force that essentially wipes uh, infant civilizations before they become multi-planetary off the face of the universe. And then a good civilization, which is the Arbo, which are essentially race here. They, they, they have an armada that races here to come and make first contact, warn us, and completely advance our understanding of technology, the universe, and essentially prepare us for what what's about to come which is you know fighting for our lives and for 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 you know humanity and and that's the that's kind of where the the story anchors and begins itself um and for those of you that have been following that uh was deployed to come make first contact with i uh I think you cut out there. For can you can you guys hear me now? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for, for I was just gonna say, you know, for those of you that have been following the story, you know, there are some interesting, uh, you know, 
threads we've left to be pulled around the, you know this armada that was deployed to come help us you know why only a certain amount of, of those have arrived because we did mention they were attacked um in their solar system as they were leaving so we've left some interesting threads to be pulled for how we expand the world how we expand the, the gameplay the, the universe which i'm really excited about and and yeah, like, uh, you know, I think the the story and how we've kind of blended it into um, the game is going to be very interesting. Um, and I think it's it's a little bit, it's, it's bringing it into our timeline, our universe. And I think it's, it's something that a lot of stories tend to shy away from at times. Um, and yeah, we're really excited to to kind of take everybody on a journey here and, and really have them play as themselves, you know, defending Earth. I'm excited about that, but um, yeah, we you know we essentially blend um, 721s, uh, which are the Ardo heroes, which are all one on one unique, both visually and um, and from their kind of property and trait standpoint, they have all sorts of different traits. Uh, you know, they have operations, which I was mentioning are innate kind of uh, attacks, debuffs, so forth, and then 721 uh, and 1155s, which are essentially these protocols. Uh, so this is to you, Virtual Bacon, just to give you a quick intro, some of which I already kind of mentioned, but kind of summarizing it all for you here in, in, in kind of one <laughs> one setting. Uh, so yeah, to build upon that, um, uh, so one of the questions that I had when looking at Arbo that I didn't get solved was... Uh, are are you guys planning on being like a play to earn or play and earn kind of a game, or are you guys just going to build your own metaverse and uh, yeah, build your own world and uh, metaverse? I guess. Yeah, that that whole um, definition of of play to earn and play to play and earn has been very very interesting, right? Um, I'm curious, like you know, I I define it a certain way. Um, but I'm curious, like, how are you guys defining it just to make sure we kind of set a bit of a base here for the difference? Yeah, I think that's a good, uh, avenue to go down. I don't know the best definition between them. Uh, how I look at play to earn is something more like Axie would always issue, uh, it was, it was based on wins, but it was more mindless play. So like, you would earn uh, tokens on based on every win, where I think play and earn is going to be more uh, like it, it's going to be more skill sporadic, based, right? skill based, more sporadic, and yeah, ultimately more skill based, where players have to uh, you know compete in more events and then win NFTs. Uh, to then sell on rather than just liquid tokens. I think that's how I look at play and earn, mm -hmm. but I think it's still a very vague concept between them. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because uh, just more recently as well, I've been seeing like a, a few folks, I can't remember their names, but uh, people are, you know, are, are pretty big in kind of the NFT gaming space, creating some pretty strong lines on, you know, favoring one over the other. Um, and, you know, personally, you know, I focus on the the entertainment aspect of it right um at the the end of the day um what we're trying to do is is create a story that 
one entertains <laughs> people enjoy um but it's the uh, you guys probably see me refer to fans with a capital f right and and that is fans are, are gamers um they're people that you know love and appreciate the franchise um and essentially providing opportunities for them to be rewarded for that fandom um and that fandom is reflected in a couple different ways you know it could be just you know pure um endorsement <laughs> like you know uh, mr theodore right um yeah you know true mm -hmm. fan in the sense um but it can also be someone that thoroughly enjoys the game inside and out and, and can becomes you know competitive right and so we fans a bit of a catch-all is what i'm trying to say um and so from a play to earn or play in an and earn a uh, standpoint, um, I think there's going to be opportunities for both, depending on how you define yourself and what your goals are, right? Coming into the, the franchise as a, as a player. So um, the way we have set up the game is um, uh, essentially we have something called a reservist game plan. So the idea is that as a game, uh, Arbo reserve, let's call it, um, and reservist in the term of like, if you were in the army or something like that, you're not like in the army, you're reservist of the army, right? That's kind of the definition. Mm -hmm. um, so you can choose your own adventure and kind of how you start with Arbo. Um, and that could be, you know, on a, on a mobile device, you know, you start, you, you download it off the, the app, app store, you just find an awesome opportunity because you, you just love the gameplay. Uh, to get started and then you know you can still earn rewards but maybe they're not they're mainly for the components of, of you being able to s exclusively spend and and uh enjoy within the game ecosystem but maybe on that journey we're able to you know bring someone into a little more of a competitive um and a little bit more of a, a kind of play to earn kind of journey right so arbo heroes and the nfts um, there's, there's 10,000 of them for the Genesis Arbos. Um, you know, we do have a mechanism for, for being able to introduce more Arbos via a, something called a, a summoning process. But, um, we think those are going to be essentially, um, you know, mainly owned and enjoyed and played by individuals that really want to maximize their rewards, um, uh, kind of opportunities, right? And that, um, you know, our job is to make sure we're building a compelling franchise and game, that there's a, a, a great pipeline of players that are essentially, you know, kind of progressing through that journey as a player from, you know, let's just say that reservist play where they don't need to own a lot of NFTs, but maybe they're getting awarded NFTs. And this is kind of how we onboard them in, in, in mass, right? Like we're trying to see how we bring millions of players into it, right? Um, we want we want tens of millions of monthly active users, right? Tens of millions of daily active users. How do we get there is the main question. And then how do we bring all that, all those people on a journey, depending on how, however they want to experience the game, um, to kind of what we, the direction that we're going in with, uh, with Arbo, which is to really be able to create a compelling rewards ecosystem, uh, for a lot of people that are, uh, that might not know this about me. I have a very interesting background in, in fintech, um, and, uh, and also loyalty programs. So. I, um, you know, I've worked with MasterCard, Visa, um, you know, all the, the banks, a uh, bunch of loyalty programs, Tesla.
helping them kind of architect all sorts of different experiences around how to really um, engage people and, and provide rewards and provide opportunities for people to show their loyalty and, and kind of play within, you know, uh, and, and, and continue to um, kind of stay connected to you as a consumer. And, um, and, and really we're trying to bring a lot of that into this as well. It's like, it's really being able to provide a, a compelling base here for 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 millions of people to be able to enjoy this and for a very compelling number of those people to be able to um, be kind of opted into a, a high reward based gameplay uh, imagine like competitive teams guilds and so forth you know they're they're going to want to really have a high engagement and and be really building out uh thoughtfully teams based off of these these nfts to really maximize their ability to commercialize those guilds right um but it's not just for guilds though like it's for it's for it's for it, it's still very much democratized as well so we, we do want people that want to self-select into maximizing their rewards through gameplay to to have those opportunities and to graduate into the the assets that they need but um you know, I think with play to earn, um, you know, we don't want this to be work, um, but we we do want you to be able to gradually build up your 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 enjoyment and uh, benefit from a franchise like Arbo. Um, and so, yeah, like you know, think about in-game currencies, obviously upgrades to to Arbo especially if they're scarce and, and exclusive and the more those top line players, you know, come into the ecosystem, um, you know, you can imagine that there would be um, kind of demand, right. For very, very specific permutations of, of specific traits or, or certain kind of, uh, you know, qualities that NFTs may have uh, first editions, uh, hollow motions, et cetera. Like, it you know it but that really happens at scale with with many people and, and, and i'm pretty excited about kind of how we're going to be doing it one of the kind of cool things that we're doing uh which i can announce i guess uh we're, we're just in the build phase right now um and but it's, it should be pretty you know we should be able to announce uh a, a date here shortly for launching it but it's essentially the v0.01 of our gameplay Right, um, I call it a V zero point zero one or V V zero point one um, because you know while we're developing the game, one of the things that uh, we wanted to do was you know provide utility and bring an, an increased community engagement um, around the NFTs that people have essentially you know collected and uh, and put together uh, mindfully based on what they're learning about our project. So um, you know. We're going to be introducing this this gameplay version. We call it basic combat training, and essentially, you as a as a player will, based on what you've learned so far about Arbo, and this is why we're accelerating our um, uh, like sharing of information around like what our operations, what our protocols. Uh, for those of you that are reading the blogs, you'll see that there's probably more details in our game than any game than most games that you found so far in this space. Right. Yeah. I think, um, like I sometimes look across the landscape and, you know, there's just a lot of projects that are great. 
at the top line kind of awareness and building noise and but you know sometimes i find there's just not enough substance there maybe they're just not ready to share um and that's okay right like you want to get these things right but if you kind of look at our blogs like you'll you'll see you know how much thoughts gone in and how how, how deep that 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 stuff is and again credit to to beefius like he's the, the lead on that right um and so anyway so we're going to once we're done this round of, of content um essentially we think most people are going to be able to make some decisions around the kind of strategy that they want to that they would want to play so we're going to with basic combat training allow you to pick three arbos um i think we settled on 20 um protocols and you will essentially um it's kind of like staking you're going to put them into this basic combat training smart contract um and uh if you do you're going to be eligible for what because we do uh both we, we do game testing right weekly and so um your strategy can get pulled into game testing um uh, both manual paper-based testing there's a bunch of different testing that we would do and you have an opportunity to have your strategy go up against uh, another person's strategy that's also in there so you guys as players even though you don't get to actually play the game through um you know we're essentially playing it for you um you get to combine yeah you get to create a combination of your strategy put it to put it to the test and this will be the first kind of iteration of the the rewards mechanic as well because we'll have rounds and if you if you win your round um one what we get out of it is we get to crowdsource you know potentially hundreds of different um human driven combinations of how people would play the game based on how we've shared information so we're not testing and doing things in isolation right because we're thinking about the game all the time um what better way for us to you know introduce uh, our community into the game development give them value you know almost immediately then crowdsourcing how people are you know thinking about the game today how they would play it today and bring that into our development cycle so i'm pretty excited about that um and and so there will be a rewards component to that right so if you if you um you know if you read between the lines of our documents and you create like a powerful strategy um, unfortunately we'll probably balance it out right <laughs> like that's the, <laughs> that's the unfortunate thing for you but um you know but that's that's expected right that's like if, if you see any game in this space there you know it's it's riddled with disclaimers like we're going to update it we may balance it out we may change it because you know it's the reality of it right we can't have we can't be in a situation where you know this early in the development cycle where there's certain protocols or arbos that are just super you know you know gives you essentially a a pay to win kind of situation but um but you at least get some you know rewards and so the first round i think will probably have in like an operations upgrade from from what i could remember i have to sync up with with beefius on that but expect that pretty soon um and obviously you know you guys can probably work through the kind of the second and third order effects of of having a setup like that but um you know i think they're you know we can probably at maximum only accommodate about you know, maximum 3000 strategies, right. In this current, um, iteration of it, uh, we'll probably limit it even further. And, um, yeah, like this would be the, the first of many iterative uh, versions of this gameplay that our community and, and fans will be able to, to enjoy. And I know there's a couple of people, um, 
in our Discord community that are very excited. I see them already kind of thinking through their strategies and putting together their their combinations. And I'm like, you know, you know, I'm really excited to get it into their hands and for us to, you know, uh, give them a peek into how we're going to play their strategy. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm... I, I know quite a few people who are are, are excited. Uh, do you have staking live for these NFTs yet, or is that yet to come out? That'll be the basic combat training. So, yes. um, yeah. So you would um, stake three Arbos and uh, twenty protocols as part of your your strategy, um, and the the staking is somewhat intent based, right? You're doing it to to essentially commit, you, you know your strategy and how you think about um, the kind of uh, combination or strategy that you would want to play. Again, it's all based on information that's out there. We're not giving anybody any sort of special insights. If you, if you read something and you make some decisions for yourself, you have a pretty good chance of putting together something that could be pretty, you know, just as compelling as someone else's strategy. And so it's, it's, you're essentially staking your NFTs for, for all intents and purposes. If we want, if we wanted to use the terms that are, everybody's kind of familiar with, right? You're staking, did you hear me there? Uh, yeah, I think you, you cut out for a yeah. second. It's either me or you, so... <laughs> yeah, just to kind of repeat myself there. So for if we're kind of using the terms that the, the DeFi space is available, uh, familiar with, yeah, it's absolutely staking. So you're you're going to stake your three Argos and 20 protocols into a, into a smart contract that we've developed. And then from there, we'll be able to kind of source, um, you know, again, the idea and, and hope is that over time, we can we can essentially leverage the the hive mind right of our community of the true fans in our development cycle like what better ways there like we can you know we can programmatically generate combinations but i think it's way better to let you know real people um you know really uh, you know, the the number of permutations of strategies we could develop from a from from humans, uh, you know, thinking about it, like people, real people engaging with our content, engaging with our brand, checking up, thinking about it, and and putting together their favorite combination. You know, part of that is their favorite heroes are the ones that they've taken a bit of an affinity to. Plus, you know, protocols. Like I think it's going to be very interesting. Um, I think it's it's pretty unique. Um, personally, there's some bias there. Um, but it's really about, um, you know, making sure we iteratively develop the game, uh, provide ways for people to engage with the, you know, the game, even during its development cycle, provide and start accelerating opportunities for, for rewards, even if they're as simple as upgrades to their, their heroes. Um, we can't really, you know, commit or announce anything around this, but our hope is that you know, people that do participate in the staking and in this basic combat training, um, you know, based on a, a time component. So if they keep staked and, and participating in this um, basic combat training um, kind of development uh, smart contract, uh, you know, we do want to find an opportunity for those people to also get special treatment uh, when we are ready to talk a little bit more about other components of the 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 economy of Arbo. Nice. I think you're going to have some floors getting swept soon, so people can try out the game. Uh, 
speaking of which, um, moving on to uh, your relationship with Paragon's DAO. Yeah. Um, I heard a little while back that Paragon swept uh, some of the keys for Arbo. Can you give us kind of like, um, yeah, your 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 guys's thesis around um, how Bar- Paragons is both playing parallel and Arbo, and uh, yeah, some insights there. Um, so I can't comment on the this the source keys piece of it. Um, I've actually okay. uh, proactively, you know, started been recusing myself from any sort of conversations and discussions about Arbo um, at, at Paragons. Um, you know, I think if we were to look at Paragons broadly, though, uh, it was always meant to be focused on on the game ecosystem broadly, right? And it was it's not really meant to be competitive either with any other sort of game DAOs or anything like that out there either. Um, and, and so, you know, I think the natural... So, you know, one of the things early on with Paragons when it was coming together, it was, there, it was really, there's a couple kind of foundational pillars to the strategy. And I think it's going to get a little bit more, more um, kind of specific. I think there's an update coming out where they're going to be sharing some more s- proposals and so forth. But um, it, it's really a couple of things, right? Let's do some innovative and cool things for um, kind of GameFi. Uh, and we've kind of all looked at that as a bit of a term, but personally i think paragons is one of the more compelling kind of implementations of that with the bonding experience i'm not i'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that at all um yeah uh we're pretty familiar with it that was one of my next questions actually but uh yeah so uh go on was there kind of like you know markets and treasury right like how do you create tools and interesting new methodologies for really kind of like introducing finance and and and, uh, and, and various different incentives into in bringing them to, to gaming, uh, especially now with NFTs and, and bonding was kind of one of the first examples of that. Um, the second is uh, second pillar is really around uh, play to earn uh, esports and, and media. I call it right. That's like a kind of a catch all, right? How does Paragons create um, and sponsor, you know, it could be sponsoring guilds, it could be sponsoring other players, like it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, employed or within in, in Paragons, but there's a broader kind of topic uh, and discussion happening around what does like a media component of Paragons look like, including, um, you know, YouTubing, and this is why I think Paragons hired, you know, Dior, um, you know, Dior the fact man, <laughs> for those of you that know him, he's like a bit of a meme, right, uh, in the space. Um, and, and, you know, he does wonderful content. Um, and, and there's going to be continuing, they're going to continue to kind of lean on there. Um, another one that a lot of people don't really know about, but, uh, you know, I, I called Paragon's Accelerator. Uh, the naming and branding is always changing. Um, but, um, you know, it's you know, it's going to need to be the consensus needs to be fully uh, it needs to be socialized and voted on but I think it's going to be one of the most compelling components of, of Paragons at, at some point which is how do we get an early and back projects uh, early stage um, and part of this is looking for hooks right at the end of the day you know I'm an early stage guy you guys are early stage adventure guys like what do you guys make your decisions on team traction 
right? And product, right? Um, or not even product sometimes. It's just like team interaction, right? Um, and uh, I'm sure, and I'm oversimplifying it, but, um, you know, looking for opportunities very much like um, how, you know, you guys as, as VCs would, would look at it. And I'm probably overgeneralizing because not everybody on the, on the panel is probably part of um, uh, M6, but... You know how does how does Paragons play a role in that? Especially as more projects increasingly have this kind of like um, you know dual stream, right? One foot in traditional corporate kind of corporations and setup, another foot in NFTs and, and tokens and so forth. I think increasingly there's going to be a need for you know, an entity like Paragons to help. Um, make that transition easier or even do that in a way that provides a nice buffer and firewall, right? Between kind of docs to venture back teams like ours. And, and I think you, all you have to look at is the, the backing there um, for all the different you know investors that came in to, to kind of know the hive mind that's there to make something like that happen. Right. But um, yeah, I hope you don't feel like I avoided answering your question there. That wasn't really my intention. I just want to make sure, you know, uh, I'm not really, talking to anything that I don't completely, um, you know, no, I think you did a, a pretty good job of answering it. So don't, uh, yeah, at, at least you answered, you gave it other insights if you didn't do, uh, <laughs> answer it completely. Um, so I, I, going to the, the bonding events, uh, I, I know that you guys had a pre, you, you guys initially got started with your bonding event for parallel. Um, are you guys planning on having any more bonding events in the near future or uh, any other games that you're looking at bonding for? Um, yeah, I can't speak to, uh, to any, any specific games. We've had a lot of inbound interest, funny enough. Um, you know, uh, I think people obviously games and stuff saw it, right? And they, they obviously want to be able to figure out how to best leverage bonding experiences for you know, a couple of different things, not only... PDT and getting the backing of Paragons, but potentially also kind of swapping out the work that we've done there for, for maybe some other things that they're thinking about bootstrapping, like their own token or so forth. So there's a lot of discussions, a lot of, you know, conversations going on about um, all sorts of different games and, and projects that have kind of come to us. Um, you know, there's, there's really, I think there's some learnings coming out of, you know, parallel, right. Um, you know, one is, trying to you know figure out which stage of games do we want to to essentially bring into a, a bonding kind of event um still some decisions being made there but there's some learnings there right it, how early how late um and what are the benefits of each right each th there's benefits and drawbacks to each kind of strategy that you want to do but i think one thing that's really going to drive bonding events going forward is really the kind of the the the, you know, one of those pillars that, that I mentioned, which is the the play to earn and actually having like a, you know, promoting pro teams, right? And so, you know, where can we see how, uh, the highest ROI for that today? It's obviously being able to play those games, you know, soon, right? If we're buying those assets um, and being able to kind of sponsor players and, and, and really create an interesting kind of media property around it. Um, Mr. Kovac is really running and owning that pillar um you know i won't really kind of speak to his strategy there but you know mr kovac like this guy you know comes from the gaming space has you know been and uh, i won't dox him 
but you know some of the top uh, kind of uh, gaming kind of entities he you know this guy was right at the top at in the c-suite um and knows a lot of pro players also part of funds that back some of the top games in the space um and so you know, he's kind of taking the lead on that and and, and so i i, I personally think uh, that's going to be one of the the main drivers for bonding events um but yes i think the, the quick answer is yes we will see we will see more bonding events we'll, we'll likely um i think there's a bit of discussion going on around how to really manage uh you know again i, I think this is all learning right like we're, we're learning so much right now as we did the bonding event you know there's we're on the cusp of potentially World War III. Um, <laughs> markets are going crazy. NFTs are going crazy. Like, you know, prices have dipped. Um, so, you know, it's it's about taking some learnings from how, you know, markets kind of responded to that. Um, and, and what does it look like for us to build a meaningful treasury? Because part of that first pillar, which is markets and treasury, is, you know, uh, initially we're really with PDT was, you know, how to give people exposure to, you know, assets in the game without having to you know, leave the curation to them. Right. Um, especially if they wanted exposure to what is likely going to be one of the next massive kind of growth areas. And so increasingly, I think, you know, PDT is going to be one of the few um, kind of ways people are, will want to expose themselves to the growth in the space bonding being one of those uh for us to kind of strategically acquire assets without actually spending um our treasury um but making sure that we balance um the tokenomics of that properly right and and and, and ted is doing an amazing job there but you know really um you know paragons is also going through a very meaningful uh, decentralization process here, making sure there's a lot more consensus, a lot more involvement, a lot more distribution, a lot more proposals kind of coming into play. So, um, you know, uh, based on what we know, what's in there, bonding is definitely a key component of it. But um, I would expect, um, you know, going back to kind of Paragon's accelerator um, the best kind of hint you guys can take about what Paragons is trying to do is, is find opportunities uh, where, you know, th there are revenue opportunities, right? Like you kind of look at Olympus Pro or other projects like that, like Paragons Accelerator, you know, if, for example, Paragons Accelerator, you know, helped an early stage project, you know, bootstrap their governance, bootstrap their token or, or whatever it may be imagine you know the same kind of mechanics or um kind of terms as some of what, what, what bankers do right <laughs> like um you know the two and a half percent of the token or economics or something like that you know the right bet could be very meaningful for 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 pdt um although i don't want to draw direct parallels between bankers and, and it's not the same um <laughs> this, is about, this is about bootstrapping governance right um and bootstrapping kind of token ecosystems where game you know the real game developers don't want to do that exclusively or they need some help with it so i think when you look at bonding you look at um accelerator they all kind of play together in it's kind of a weird balance that they play together right and and really kind of trying to figure out what that compelling structure and setup is for what paragons is, is going to become um but uh very very you know, bullish, obviously, um, on Paragons. Um, very bullish for the team that's coming together. There's a pretty 
very very interesting core team that's starting to come together there. Um, you guys will probably see a lot of restructuring of the Discord now, linking you know groups to kind of PDT owners and so forth as well. But um, yeah, generally speaking. If you're in gaming and um, you know you have a project that you think might be interesting for Paragons, definitely reach out. You know, send, get into the Discord, figure out what it is. We're also trying to create some connections with other um, kind of game DAOs and, and teams. Obviously, sometimes people kind of look at it you know, competitively or might have some issues with how big and fast Paragons is, is getting right. Um, and, and that's okay. But, uh, you know, generally, I think we're looking at, um, you know, how to really dig in and help the space get to the, this, you know, where it can get. And it's going to need an actor and a player like Paragons and others like Paragons, right, to be able to really see the full vision of even play to earn through. Because it's not always easy. Like, you look at games and what they're doing right now right with trying to bootstrap an in-game currency or whatever they're having to do it's like you know jurisdictional arbitrage it's like legal arbitrage it's like gymnastics all over the place right with lawyers making most of the money and um i I think there's going to be a world here soon that you you'll likely see even big game studios approach you know potentially a paragons once they finally accept that nfts and and uh and tokens um that are free-floating are a core component of of gaming yeah, I have pretty similar conviction there. Uh, Bacon, do you have anything to say? Yeah, I think it's a, it's pretty interesting perspective that you give on, on Paragons as a kind of entity and, and how it kind of functions as this this middle layer of, between games and, and uh, its yield that it can generate and the public, um, along with all the assets, depending on the type of game, right? You have people like guilds and you have people like you know, DAOs who, who take in bonding uh, for more competitive type of games. So depending on what the game is, it's accelerators, it's it's, it's like onboarding players, um, it's managing the assets productively. Sometimes it's more robotic, sometimes it's more competitive teams. But um, it seems that um, this is this type of on-chain way is going to be pretty powerful. Um, yeah, I agreed. Like, yeah, like the, the the games are inherently, you know, blockchain based. So, the traditional kind of organizations, right? You have a game club, um, or a, I don't know what kind of more casual games how they onboard players, but you, you have um, teams. They will have to form in the crypto gaming space. You have other types of organizations that have to form. So, the direction, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, if you look at, you know, a Fractal by Justin Ken, you know, the, the former, the, the Twitch co-founder and, yeah. and how kind of frames the, the opportunity. And, you know, I'm like a fanboy of his and I'm getting an opportunity <sighs> to meet him, meet him next week. So I'm pretty happy about it. But, um, you know, the size and scale that, um, you know, a lot of people are framing what gaming can do in this space specifically. You actually can't, in my opinion, you can't get there with purely um, kind of traditional approaches uh, of, of how you kind of structure companies and, and how they structure their, you know, their inventory essentially for games, right? Be it, you know, some sort of in-game currency, other assets, cosmetics or whatever. And, it, and I personally don't think it can be purely done on chain either <clears throat> purely by docs teams um and and so <clears throat> excuse me 
I, I think it happens through some sort of interesting kind of middle layer that, you know, has a, a foot in both doors and, um, and it's going to be organizations like Paragons and others that really kind of bridge that, that gray zone in a, in a proper way, in a compliant way, um, to allow for like the, the kind of mass onboarding of the, the, both the, the players that we want to see and at, you know, at scale, like when you, when you onboard players into a game of the scale of, you know, Activision Blizzard or Microsoft with all of their labels or, you know, Ubisoft, you can't, you don't, you don't do that, you know, easily. Right. Um, but it, it, it brings meaningful scale. And I think th there's going to be, personally my opinion is that um there's going to be an interesting bridge there that allows traditional companies to play in this space um in with a with a high degree of of safety um and, and a framework for being able to do it without having to worry too much about how they do it and the, again compliance legal but also security and other things um you know you see you know ftx making a move on this right with ftx gaming you know trying to figure out how to help traditional gaming companies really integrate nfts using more of like a custody type nft platform um uh, so you know paragons i think is is, is is definitely a similar bet and play um that uh, it, it's it's going to be a massive on-ramp um for traditional gaming franchises and companies to come into the space and, and i personally think paragons can play an interesting role there Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's a good spot to, to wrap it up. Um, overall, I think yeah, it's uh, for games, right? There are you can bet on, you you want to bet on the shovels, right? When when the kind of gold rush is coming, so there are obviously chains, there are platforms, there are kind of marketplaces and and things like that. But um, there's a big middle layer that's just getting developed. I think as games actually become playable. Yeah, it's not going to be a purely like you know a, a whale with a thousand assets just going on open sea and like you know <laughs> listing them and then a thousand <laughs> players come in each buy so they can play a game that that's not just not scalable. So whatever the way is pertaining to the type of game, like that's going to happen. And um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty exciting area, pretty pretty nuanced area, I think. Very nuanced. Um, yeah, you know. The perfect and best information we have is you know, at this moment, right? Um, and tomorrow it'll be outdated, um, and and you know just how fast the space is moving. So it'd be very interesting to see how everything kind of develops. And obviously, you guys have um, you know, carved out an interesting uh, platform here with these spaces that you guys do and kind of where you guys play. And obviously, want to learn a little more about you guys at some point, but. Um, you know, I know we hit the top of the hour on the spaces and we'll leave that for maybe another chat. Maybe I could have you guys on the spaces that I run. And, and, yeah, and like actually, um, it's, it's funny because you, you, you have such deep insight in Paragons because we're, we think like guilds are, are pretty underlooked. They're very nuanced. Like there are guilds that onboard players or guilds that do co-marketing, but there's so much more that's happening with leaving guilds and how they're managing their treasury. And, and depending on the type of game, they'll coordinate some teams, some crowd players, 
player base and and that's um that's coming up and it's gonna be a big offering big service to to games um so yeah i would love to pick your brain more on on how it's done in a that way and how bonding could be used it's pretty pretty creative as well yeah yeah forward to it and and uh rufus i might send you a message over on dm here soon and uh i'm i'm building out a guild right now and uh we can maybe see if we can yeah start a relationship or anything something like that great looking forward to it guys um thanks again for the opportunity to chat here um you know i uh you know would love to join whenever possible when you guys have these things i'd love to do a broader call on just kind of gameplay at some point too but just kind of generally just thanks thankful for the opportunity and appreciate the support 